Welcome to A Court of Transformation and Awakening. I am Lori Gray. And I'm Amanda Grace Harrison. And today we are discussing book one, chapter 12. Chapter 12. Chapter 12. Oh, Feyre. I like this. I feel like there was a lot in this chapter. Um, yeah, we have a major, major turning point have, in this chapter. We've got some major points here. Um, one, like right off the bat, I love that she's like, at this point, she knows she's safe. Yeah, she finally knows she's safe. She knows it. Like, she knows they're fine. Like, she gets that they're not going to hurt her. That this isn't, these are not um, <laughs> the, what she's been told. And yet, she's still, she's like, I couldn't entirely let go yeah. of the instinct. <laughs> like, so I'm still just going to go around. It's like, I can't sleep. What am I going to do? Oh, I'll just fall back into the old habits that I'm comfortable with yeah. and go make a map of the map looking for where exits and <laughs> best hiding places. And this is where we first learn that she's basically illiterate. Yes. Couldn't read or write yeah. the basic letters. And I mean, and I, I think that, that that's a huge focus of this chapter. And we're getting to see a picture of like how much this plays into her view of herself. And I do think it's one of the more significant parts. So I'm at the end of this first page. So we're first talking about art here where there she's wanting to look at the art. And I love this phrase, the part of me that spoke with Nesta's voice <laughs> had laughed at the idea of an ignorant human trying to admire fairy art. And I'm like, gosh, I can relate to that. And I love the way that it's said. It's like the part of me that spoke yeah. with her voice. And yeah, I'm like, how often do we have those thoughts in our head? And like, they're, it's, it's not our voice. I remember, I remember talking, you know, the, the time that I realized this, and I've seen other people like in sessions, like realize this, where the voice sounds like a parent, a teacher, an ex, like it sounds like their mother, it sounds like somebody, like there's this voice. And I've heard people talk about it, you know, it's my mother's voice, it's my father's voice, it's my ex's voice. And then the day they're like, Oh, it's actually my voice. Oh, okay, okay. So it's it's their voice, but this is something that's being generated in my mind, and I actually do have control over my mind now in the present. I didn't have yeah. control over what was said then, um, and I haven't lived with this person or for thirty years, or I haven't even heard their voice in ten years, and still, and still obviously it's, there. it's not them anymore. Still there, but we start to get this picture here where we. And I don't know if um, Nesta actually called her ignorant at some point, but we know that those words were hurtful. And then that that ties into this, where yeah, so we've we've got this whole this whole other situation with Tamlin, with him coming in hurt and him helping her, but he he figures it out. You can't you can't write. Yeah. Can you? No wonder you became so adept at other things. Right. Which is his first real compliment of her. Right. And so he's, so the facts are the same. The fact is she can't, she can't read. And he goes to, oh, so that's totally why you got so good at all this other stuff. And she goes to ignorant, ignorant insignificant, insignificant human. human. Right. Yeah. It's her, and she, again, she's projecting it onto him. It's coming from Nesta. It's coming from these things. But to understand that the way that she views her illiteracy is not the way that yeah. other people necessarily do. But she is so sure that this is how he will yeah. 
think but, but she she actually just thinks oh he was just so far gone in thinking because he had an encounter with the bogey that's wh- that's why he accidentally wrote that off as a compliment instead of recognizing what an idiot i am right right and how yeah how often do how often do we do that that was our story that made it into an early recording that didn't get into here i think that i don't think that ever made it anywhere when we were recording stuff um but one of amanda and i's early stories that that i tell people was that we we had met and then one of the first times that we hung out um, i learned that she's like a words of affirmations person and just was saying all this like super nice stuff about me and i was so uncomfortable because I had such low self-esteem at the time. And I took all of her beautiful, nice words about me and in my mind twisted them into, I'm such an awful person because I've clearly tricked this girl <laughs> into thinking I'm a decent human. That is so favorite of you. It's Lori. so favorite of me. It's this, you can tell this is why I love this character. Like her ability to be like, oh, there was a nice thing. Oh, it's probably just this. Yeah. But I mean, we get a compliment and we're like, oh, well, they didn't mean it. Oh, they were just trying to be nice. Oh, or me, I went like way dark of like, I'm a dirty, rotten liar. And like, (laughs) I've somehow tricked this person into thinking I'm a decent human. But that's the thing, like when when we're presented with evidence that directly contradicts Mm -hmm. our belief about ourselves, we have to find a way to make sense of it. Yeah. Like, wait, that's, no, you're supposed to think I'm an ignorant, insignificant human and you just said something nice. Oh, you're in, How you're do in shock I, from this battle. Right, right. Like, it's like we have to reconcile it. Um, and it's fascinating. Sometimes even when it's like when we start to be presented with evidence that the truth is different from what we've already believed, it's when you'll actually see people go back and like double down on yeah. like the old belief. No, no, no. I really am insignificant. <laughs> Let me tell you why. Let me tell you, all, me the tell you all the reasons why because that's that's what we believe and that's what's comfortable um but i do think yeah this is a good this was a really good tamlin moment for me here that like when he first learns of it yeah he's he's not negative yeah um and that he he is able to to see um how this shaped her into who she is in a way that's it's pretty good pretty good tamlin moments yeah it's one of his good ones. Yeah, it's one of his good ones. Thanks, Thanks Tam. Um, all right, so she bandages his hand. They have a little moment. <laughs> yes. Oh, but we also get a we also get a thing here. Um, he brings it up again. He's like, so you can't write, but you learn to hunt to survive. Like, how did that work? Um, she's like, that's that's what happens when you're responsible for lives other than your own, isn't it? Like, you do what you have to do. Yeah. And I'm like, gosh, I can just I can just relate to this like grittiness. And I I don't know that everybody's in those situations, but yeah, I'm like, there is a there is a thing that happens when like push comes to shove mm-hmm. and you just gotta figure out a way to get through it. And it it, it creates that grittiness in humans. And I, I think I can almost tell like when I talk to people who like which people have been through those moments where it's like they had to get gritty to survive. Mm-hmm. It sort of changes them, and you you see it in how they show up and talk about the world and life. Um, it's very different, but I like gritty people. I like people with a little grit, in little them. grit, little grit. That's what happens. And then, of course, he can relate to that because he's responsible for lives other than his own, as the mm-hmm. High Lord of the Spring Court. 
You aren't what I expected. You aren't what I expected. For a human. For a human. Mm-hmm. Dun, dun, dun. Little moment. Okay. So next morning we see them. Um, so basically at this point, she... This is where she's just like observing them, right? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So she's <laughs> eavesdropper. Mm -hmm. Eavesdropper. So they're having this conversation and she hides outside and listens. And honestly, we just hear a bunch of stuff that doesn't make a ton of sense. Um, she has a bunch of stuff where it's like, okay, that doesn't really make sense to me. Um, she tucks it away uh, for later. Um, it will make sense later. Um, but she's, again, wanting to go with Lucian because he feels safe to her. Let's her know he's unavailable. Jerks his chin at Tamlin. He'll go with you. He'll go with you. <laughs> Let's stick the two of you alone together for a day and see what happens. And even after the night before, she's she's still... And it's so funny. I'm like, Lucian's been such a punk so much of this. But she still feels so much more comfortable with him. Yeah. Well, he's never... She's never seen him turn into a beast and no, be that's scary. True. That's true. He's just he's just an ass. He's not a he, scary, terrifying beast. Yes. And then here at the end of this, before we have the break... So he, she finally says the truth of like, no, I don't want to go for a hunt. Like, I don't like hunting. <laughs> I hate, hate, hate hunting. hunting. He's like, okay, well then what do you want to do? Which again, I wonder how often she's been asked that question. Probably not very often. Um, but why they're walking to wherever there is they're going, they're talking a little bit more about the, the hunting. Um, you know, so talking about how she learned what she learned, um, talking more about, um, you know, how she, how she learned how to hunt, how she learned all these things, you know, and we, we get more of a picture of like, gosh, this girl didn't have anything to teach her. She just has been out there like on her own struggling yeah, and learning trial and trial and, and error and having to, having to make it happen. Oh, she's got grit. She's got super much grit. Um, Find out that he does know she has the knife. He's yeah. known all along. He knew about She's the like, butter knife in her The butt. butter knife. <laughs> he knew all along. Oh he could gosh. smell the fear more oh, than anything. The butter knife. That's, that's hysterical. <laughs> oh my gosh. Bear's butter knife. Bear and the butter knife. It was a whole thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. So he's like, so you're going to have to. And he also lets her know that he knows she was eavesdropping. Eavesdropping. <laughs> yes as well um okay so we get to yeah i'm trying to think is there anything else major in here that stood out again i think the biggest thing for me was just really all this stuff about her her relationship to her illiteracy and how it's not like the way that she sees herself is not necessarily the way that other people see her you know and this is this is one of those places like back on that one before we wrap up how often do we do this where and this is like such a, um, I don't say, I don't necessarily want to say cliche for some people, they may not have heard it. Like, because I'm in the coaching world, because I'm in the personal development world, people talk about it all the time. But the idea of speak to yourself the way you would a friend, mm -hmm. right? It's really helpful advice, but taking it a bit further, um, I'm like, if somebody who you admire, if somebody you don't know, kind of explain to you a situation similar to their own, it's like, oh, their mom died before they could teach them how to read. There was nobody to do it. We were struggling to survive. Like we were, you know, barely getting by and they haven't learned to read. Are you going to think less of them? Right. And like, no, she's going to be like, 
sounds like most people totally get it. Like she's not going to have judgment of them, but I'll, I'll do this with people where they'll, they'll tell me this story and I'll just like repeat it back to them. And like, if it was anybody else, would you have the thoughts that you have about yourself? Of course not. Yeah. No, no, that would totally make sense. Like I would totally get it. Mm -hmm. um, and I love it whenever I have a story about myself that's like really similar to theirs and like I'll tell it about me. But they have such positive thoughts about me. I'm like, it's like, so what's your thought about like me doing that? They're like, I just think it makes a lot of sense. So I have a lot of compassion You're so for that. brave. Right. <laughs> like, it's the exact same thing. It's the same thing. Like give it, you know, give it to yourself. Um, but yeah, anyway, so she just struggles too. But recognizing that we always put ourselves in this different category. We're always harder on ourselves than anybody else. And it can be a really, really helpful tool, like when possible. Um, which I do with you sometimes when somebody says something to me that I'm like, just convinced that it's like super annoying. I'm like, Amanda said that to me. I used this one time. My mother-in-law came over and she sat on my couch and she like ran her hands across my blinds and she said, you need to clean your blinds. And <laughs> I can so see me doing that. But, I was, but like, first of all, you probably wouldn't do it. But if you sat down yeah. and you were like, but if I did, if you it, did, yeah. I would probably be like, you're right. <laughs> I do. But if my mother-in-law says it, how dare she? <laughs> that is how dare she. Point. Yes. Anyway, so there's all kinds of uses for that. But I have done that a couple times. I'm like, okay, same situation, same setting. Switch out this person with Amanda. If Amanda said it, would I be upset? I'm like, no, because I would, assume, I would assume that there was like something. I would just interpret it differently. Yeah. Because my automatic assumption is like, you love me and you want good things for me. So like, if you said something, or if you said something that sounded like it wasn't, I'd probably just say, that sounded weird. What did you <laughs> mean? <laughs> what were you talking, like, is that what you meant? Yeah. Like, that felt really this, like, is that what you meant? And I would ask first. Right. Where somebody else is like, no, that sounded judgy and I am sure that I am right. Yes. That it is. Yes. Right. <laughs> Definitely judgy. But for you, I would check in, you know, and see. Um, so that's fun. You've, you've been one Thank of my, you. you've been whenever I do that example and I try to figure it out, like I'll replace the person with you. And then I'm like, would I interpret it the same way? I'm like, no, because. Probably not. No, because you're always just like, everything's wonderful. I mean, not like that. <laughs> yes. For those of you who know me, you know that I am an everything is always wonderful kind of person. When you're around me, at least. No, I know. Um, and we, you know, and we talk about like the honest, hard things, but. For the most part, like if we're hanging out, you're happy to be there. Like, yeah. you know, like there's there's a there's there's a joy there. There's a light with you that you bring around. And so I always have to look at it. I'm like, I'm like, probably if anything, all I would do is just be really curious about what that was curious. about. Curious. And I would ask a question first. Like even yeah. if it sounded like you insulted me, I don't know that I would go to assuming it was even an insult right away. I'd be like, was that a what was that? Yeah, imagine you know? if we had that with everybody on the planet. We're just just neutral and curious or positive, most likely positive. But then if there's something that seems negative, we go neutral and curious. Like, this is interesting. Yeah, or even just ask. And then sometimes you find out like, oh, yeah, they really were just being a jerk. And cool. But then you know for sure. <laughs> right? Oh, that's just kind of Just wanted to make you feel bad. That's all. That's kind of a thing. But this is, okay. But So as we wrap up the chapter, so these guys get to have a little bit more more talking um we're having actual conversations um mm -hmm. where they're learning to do this where she's not cowering in fear we're having conversation everything's kind of shifting at one point he said my name with such intimacy, intimacy. 
Interesting. As if he weren't a creature capable of killing monsters made from nightmares. Yep. And at the end of this, we arrive. Earlier he'd asked what she wanted. We didn't hear the answer, but now we find out the answer that she wanted to go to the, the study. And we will find out in the next chapter why that was so important for her. We will. And that's the end of chapter 12. Thank you for joining us here today. If you would like to go deeper with these or just listen to them on a different format, if you're on YouTube right now and you just want to do something different with your day, these podcasts are also available on our community at ACOTA. That's A-C-O-T-A-A dot circle dot S-O. Also, our community is there, chat boards, fun stuff, events, all kinds of good stuff. So we'll see you there, guys. All right. Bye. Bye.